Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, June 1st. 548 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. July corn futures down one and three quarters, 751 and three quarters last. December corn down one and a quarter at 710 and a quarter. July soybeans up four and three quarters at 1688. November soybeans up seven and a quarter at 1516 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat up eight, 1095 and a half last. July Kansas City wheat up 10 and a quarter at 1175 and three quarters. July spring wheat up 10 and a half at 1258. If you guys are listening on the podcast, Appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, like, uh, leave me a comment. If you guys need some additional information from me, go to my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day, morning email, charts, graphics, grain marketing recommendations. My subscriber-only videos are part of this deal. I did a video yesterday regarding corn basis. I had some general thoughts. I have some concerns that are perhaps unwarranted, but I wanted to kind of make everybody aware of what was on my mind. If you guys are interested in this subscriber-only content, uh, sign up today. It's 50 bucks a month. You can cancel any time. There's no other fee. There's no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. We had kind of a nasty sell-off in the grain markets yesterday. I think there were a few contributing factors. You've got Russia-Ukraine headlines. You've got some U.S. weather and some rains coming into the Corn Belt, which is, I think, now being seen as kind of a, a bearish item, given that planting progress has accelerated. And I'll talk about all of these things. Also, we had month end yesterday, and, and sometimes that can cause some liquidation uh, in markets, especially when you've got a lot of speculative length. But let's start with Russia, Ukraine. So maybe this was part of the reason for the sell-off yesterday. You know, Putin uh, discussing with the UN and with the West uh, the prospect of uh, Ukrainian grain exports and opening up those ports. Um, I still think there's a lot of uh, uh, obstacles and barriers to this. You know, a lot of uh, the Ukrainian infrastructure has been destroyed. Uh, it's been damaged. It's going to take a long time to um, to repair that and get things moving. So even if an agreement were reached, uh, it's going to take a little while to get exports moving. But just keep in mind, at least in my opinion, I think that the markets have priced in like worst case scenario when it comes to Ukrainian uh, grain exports. And maybe the scenario just isn't worst case anymore. Maybe we're headed in the right direction, but maybe we're not. It still sounds to me like Putin is going to want some uh, relief in regard to sanctions if he's going to uh, allow these Ukrainian ports to be open. And, and that just seems kind of uh, far-fetched to me. Now, there was a uh, UN leader who had constructive talks with Russia in regard to grain and fertilizer exports. Uh, Russian grain and, and fertilizer, it has not been sanctioned by the West, but companies uh, and buyers are kind of uh, skittish and nervous uh, to buy grain out of Russia or fertilizer fertilizer out of Russia because they're not just sure about uh, the laundry list of sanctions You know, when it comes to doing business with Russia. The US says that it's prepared to provide uh, something they're calling comfort letters to companies who are nervous about buying uh, Russian grain or fertilizer. So this is a, a back and forth deal. I, I think that the bottom line here is this. Traders really still have absolutely no clue what Ukrainian grain exports will ultimately be this year. But if you've got even the prospect of a slight improvement, it's enough to, to send speculators, uh, large speculators who've been along the market and even small speculators, it's enough to uh, send them to the exits. And I think you saw uh, 
some of that yesterday. Now, to get into uh, the United States and crop progress here, uh, it's amazing, but U.S. corn and soybean planting are nearly back to average uh, following a very slow start. The U.S. corn crop, 86% planted as of Sunday versus 72 the prior week, just one percentage point behind the 87% average. Now, this 87% average, the five-year, this includes 2019, which was a historically uh, very slow year, and that year drags down this five-year average of 87%. Uh, we were only 58% planted in corn this week in 2019. So that number drags down the five-year average, of course. But this is uh, pretty amazing here in terms of uh, how we've caught up in corn planting. When you go state by state, uh, corn planting, Iowa is 94% planted versus 94 on average. Illinois is 89% planted versus 84 on average. Indiana, 81 versus 76 on average. Ohio is 72% planted, right on par with average. Nebraska, 95% planted in corn versus 94 average. South Dakota, Dakota, 86 versus 82 on average. Missouri, 91% versus 89 on average. Uh, Kansas is 87% planted versus 85 uh, on average. When you look at North Dakota, North Dakota is only 56% planted as of Sunday versus 83 on average. Minnesota, 82% planted versus 92 on average. So consider this statistic. There are nearly 3 million acres of unplanted corn in North Dakota and Minnesota. And the, the I'm coming to that number uh, based on planting intentions versus uh, the percentages that have actually been planted. So farmers in North Dakota have planted only 56% of their 3.6 million intended acres, leaving 1.58 million unplanted through Sunday. Minnesota farmers have planted 82% of their 7.8 million intended intended acres through Sunday, leaving 1.4 million unplanted. So uh, the exact number is 2.98 million acres of unplanted corn in those two, two states, North Dakota and Minnesota combined. So they had some rains over the weekend. I think in North Dakota, there's going to be some acreage switching. Uh, Minnesota still got some more time. Final planting date was yesterday and they may continue uh, if it's dry enough. But I, I think you've got to go out on a limb here and say that you're going to see some acreage loss in those two states combined. So if they've got 3 million unplanted as of Sunday, did they lose a million in corn? Did they lose a million and a half? I think that that's possible. But at the same time, I think it's also possible that you pick up acreage uh, in other areas. Uh, the corn market has provided a, a real big time financial incentive uh, to plant corn. There was a, a big move in the corn versus soybean spreads, those new crop spreads uh, that favored corn following the survey period. So the incentive was there. Um, so I still think there, there's a scenario where you lose a million, million and a half corn acres in uh, North Dakota. Minnesota, but perhaps you pick it up and maybe even then some elsewhere. That's just my personal thought. Other people have uh, different thoughts on that, of course. U.S. soybean planting also moving pretty quickly here, 66% done through Sunday versus 50 on average, just behind the 67% average. As with corn, uh, kind of slow in the north, North Dakota and Minnesota, uh, very slow versus their respective five-year averages. The bean crop is 39% emerged versus 21 last week, 43 on average. U.S. winter wheat conditions remain poor, only 29% good to excellent, up a percentage point on the week, uh, way below the 50% average. You saw some improvement in winter wheat conditions on the week in Illinois, Michigan, Arkansas, Kansas, Colorado, South Dakota, Montana, Washington, and Oregon. Declines were noted in Oklahoma, Nebraska, Indiana, and Ohio. Winter wheat crops 72% headed versus 63 last week, 76 on average. Spring wheat planting is slow, only 73% complete in the north uh, versus 49 last week behind the 92% average. 
We do have some rains moving across Missouri and into Illinois here today. So given that the vast majority of the corn crop has been planted in these areas, uh, these these rains and wet forecasts are now being read as being bearish inputs into the markets, given that we've caught up so quickly. Uh, the rain is a good thing now, whereas you know a couple weeks ago, it just wasn't. So things have really changed here. When you look at the next seven days, you've got pretty good coverage across a lot of the Corn Belt, a lot of Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, into Ohio. Uh, we'll see some rain, a little bit of this eastern, say, east central part of Kansas, Oklahoma. So a lot of the Corn Belt's going to see an inch of rain here in total over the next seven days, which again, I think is now being read as maybe more of a bearish item here, given that a lot of the crop has been planted. Your six to 10 and eight to 14 day maps calling for normal or above normal precipitation for the vast majority of U.S. corn and soybean growing areas. So I'd probably say at this point that the forecast is is bearish more than anything, uh, given the rain prospects. President Biden met with Fed Chair Jerome Powell yesterday to discuss inflation. Both Biden and the Fed would love to ease inflation without sending the U.S. economy economy into a recession, of course, but that's a task that may prove very difficult. Uh, Biden will, however, uh, leave the Fed to make the policy decisions. He said this, my plan to address inflation starts with uh, a simple proposition, respect the Fed, respect the Fed's independence. Uh, Some critics here may say that Biden is trying to pass off blame uh, for the inflation, but I think there are a lot of things to blame, and I think it goes beyond uh, anything that this administration has done, certainly. Uh, Efforts to tame inflation to this point have come up short. Fuel prices continue to surge, and that's had a ripple effect through a lot of the the U.S. economy and is inflationary in itself. U.S. gasoline prices averaged $4.67 per gallon yesterday. That's a new record high. Diesel prices sit just shy of their record that was posted in mid-May, which was five fifty-eight. We're just a couple cents below that uh, here this morning. Uh, nasty day in the livestock markets yesterday. Cattle, feeder cattle, hogs, all end of the day with uh, losses to sharp losses. And there was some uh, broad-based commodity selling late in the day yesterday that may have had something to do with that. On the outside markets, the U.S. dollar is higher. Ahead of the cash open, stocks are about flat to, to just slightly higher. The S&P is unchanged. The Dow's up 87 points. Bonds are flat. Gold's down 14 bucks. Crude oil up $1.06 at one fifteen seventy four. last trade in the July WTI contract. Have a great day today, guys. I'll talk to you same time tomorrow.